What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is a Monday, October 18th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 421. Now, normally, guys, what I do is uh, I have, and I've told you guys this before when I do the show, I normally have an outline of the show. I'll be like, okay, you know, sports will talk about Yankees because blah, 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 this happened, which we'll do. Of course, I'm getting a phone call during a podcast. Okay, anyway, that was my good friend Bobby Kelly finding out if I was all right because um, I'm going in uh, for surgery tomorrow. I'll talk about that after. Anyway, I wanted to get this podcast out before the surgery, but uh, like I was saying, normally I have an outline. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about that. Um, Guys, I just turned this on and said I'm going to talk. I literally wrote nothing down. Uh, again, this is, uh, episode 421. I, so much has happened that I was just like, and I, and part of me was like, should I do the podcast? I mean, I had a lot of prep to do today. I had to go to this pre-op and, uh, all this shit. And I was like, should I do a podcast? And I got a lot to, I'm like, you know what? Let me get everything done and do it at night. This way I don't have to think about it. Um, I don't have to think about it. We'll get it out there, and so much has happened, I did not have to write anything, okay? First of all, uh, here's the first thing, okay? This is going to be a little animal-heavy at top, but I promise you um, it's good stories and pretty nuts what happened. Um, I have to talk about an insane wedding that I went to, but uh, first things first, um, my daughter's hamster uh, is was gone, it, it got out. It chewed through its cage. And uh, this is an amazing story. So literally seven days ago, maybe a week ago now, my wife and daughter go, Paul, come in here, come in here. And I was doing something. I was like, what? And they were like, you got to get in here. And I go, what? And my wife just looks at me with a smirk on her face. And she goes, the fucking hamster got out. Now, if you remember, the hamster who my daughter wanted and loved bit my daughter and my daughter turned into Don Corleone, and she said, I want him out. He's done. He's dead to me. Take him back to the pet store. Take him out. Let him out. I don't give a shit. Whatever you got to do, just I'm fucking done with this thing. He's dead to me. And when I tell you, she's still cold on this thing, okay? So my wife looks at me and goes, the hamster got out. So we look, and this little bastard chewed through this like plastic thing in the corner of his, of his cage, like on the roof, and he got out and we look it up and apparently like these worker hamsters, cause this thing is on the wheel all night. This thing's running on the treadmill, this thing, all this shit, this thing has been doing, storing food, making beds for itself. I mean, this thing turns into, it's like this thing does Coke in the middle of the night and it just, you know what I mean? Just keeps cleaning and doing shit. So I guess he got bored. We had to take the wheel down because the wheel is just squeaking through the whole house during the night. Cause they're like almost nocturnal. So we can't sleep because you got this fucking rodent working out in the middle of the night. We can't. So my wife has to undo the wheel. So he probably got all freaked out and, and, and bored. And he's going, well, I got to do some shit here. I got, I can't just do nothing. So he chews his way out. And now he's roaming around the Versey house. My daughter was so emotionless and could give a shit about it. I swear to God, she goes, good, good. Now we don't have to worry about taking him back. He's gone. I mean, it was hilarious. So for days, he's just gone and nobody's even talking about it. 
And I'm like, oh, well, the cats or the dog will find it. And in the middle of the night, we heard the dog acting weird once. Cats were looking around for something. And uh, so the other day, my daughter says to me, Daddy, Daddy, you got to do me a favor. I go, what? Guys, I'm not making this up. And this is not just to be funny on the podcast. My daughter said this to me. Um, my daughter goes, <laughs> you want to know why I talk about my daughter uh, in my act sometimes? Because she's just, I swear to God, I'm, 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 I'm raising a seven-year-old Don Corleone here. I mean, this little girl, she, she goes, Daddy, I'm not making this up. She goes, Daddy, do me a favor. She goes, if you find Patrick, kill it. That's what she said to me. And me and my wife were just like, what? She goes, yeah, if you find him, kill it. And like, I kind of like let it go thinking it was a joke. And then we were eating and I go, Sophia, I can't believe you said to me, if I find the hamster, kill it. And she goes, you have to, you really should. And I was just like, what's going on? So last night, now days have gone by and we forgot it. We're like, oh, it might've got out of the house. Who knows? This thing is on its own, whatever. Last night, my wife goes, Paul, I think the hamster's next to our bed or under our bed. And you heard something, and the dog was acting weird looking. So all of a sudden, my wife goes, Paul, oh my God, I see him, I see his head. And it's this hamster. Now, six days, no food, no water, or whatever it's doing. And it's just running around our house. And I'm like, well, what do you, and she's like, yeah, no, there's nothing you could do. So we literally just go to bed with this rodent running free in our house, and sometimes you hear it. And um, my son wasn't feeling well, so he laid in our bed. So I went into his bedroom, and I hear the fucking thing running around. And uh, then, sure enough, tonight, um, my wife goes, I think it's under the stove, and the cats are looking. Now, mind you, what this thing must be going through. This thing ducks out of it. I mean, this is like Alcatraz. This house has to be like Alcatraz to a hamster that just saved itself. Okay? Think about that. You know the way in Alcatraz there was no way they could survive because they would have had to swim and the water and the sharks and all this shit up by the bridge. I mean, it, this thing is gets out of its thing. He's got two lions walking around here. I got two cats. One of my cats is 20 pounds, gigantic. The thing looks like exotic. One of my cats looks illegal and the other one looks like, like you know, exotic too. It looks like I got two like baby pumas walking around here and this thing is dealing with that. Not to mention, we all look like skyscrapers to the thing. And then he's got this gigantic dog that can like get its head face to face with it, which must look like a dragon to him. So this thing is in enemy territory, you know, front lines of war, no food or water. I mean, if this thing could ever write a book about the week and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So my wife goes, he must be hungry. I'm going to put some hamster food in a box and set a trap up. And he's going, we see his head come out and he goes in. And then as soon as we try, my wife's like, I lost him. He went back under there and now he's gone again and we're not going to see him. So I'm getting ready for surgery tomorrow. All right. Doing everything, making sure I got to get like comfortable clothes. I'm cleaning up because I'm going to be in the same room for a few days and, you know, taking medicine and laying down and all that shit and just making sure everything is set up and taking care of the animals and, and, the, and the kids and bills and everything like that. Just making sure everything's going to be good for the week, going through my emails and I'm showering and then everybody's laying down. I was like, all right, I can't eat after midnight. So, yeah, so I can't eat after midnight. So, let me go to the kitchen, grab an apple, grab whatever. And uh, there was candy, extra candy um, from this wedding we went to, which I'm going to talk about. And uh, I start, you know, stupid me, I'm trying to like 
not be fat, but I'm like, I have to have a gummy bear and a piece of this cookie from this wedding, which was so spectacular. I can't even wait to talk about it because it was some baller shit like you read about. Um, and this, this fucking hamster pops his head out and just comes out into the middle of the floor of the kitchen. And I see him out of the corner of my eye. And I'm going, oh shit. And my wife's in bed and I'm going, babe, babe, babe. She's going, what? I'm going, babe. And she's like, Paul, what the fuck? And I go, the hamster, he's out, he's out. So he gets, he starts to go to the food that was in the box. And my hand tries to drag him in. And of course I lose him. And he goes under the stove. And the dog is like, I'm trying to get the dog away. So I'm going, call the dog, call the dog. And she's going, Lloyd, Lloyd. And I go, call the fucking dog. Because the dog is going to see this thing come out and scare it forever. Could you imagine being a hamster and seeing a dog like that? My dog, you know? So, anyway, um, the dog just is standing next to me. The thing goes back under, and I'm like, I'm not going to see it again. So, I start, you know, making a snack or whatever. And then he comes out again, and Lloyd is looking at him, and Lloyd doesn't rush him. He's just kind of staring at him. And then um, I'm like, let me try this one more time. And after seven days, guys, he just had to eat, and he goes near the box. I grab him. I got him in my hand. He jumps in my crotch, like like in the middle, like just like right in the in in that area. And I'm and I'm squeezing him, and I finally lift him up, and I go, babe, babe, I got him, I got him. And now I'm holding him tight with two hands. I'm squeezing him, and I feel his back and everything, because they're like, you know, they're squirmish, and they could like get flat, like they don't have many bones. And he's trying everything. He's got, him. I got him, I got him. So my wife gets up, runs into my daughter's room, gets the cage. I fucking throw him back in the cage, and it was like a victory. And we're putting him in the kitchen, and one of my cats finally sees it, and my dog lunged at my cat, and then we realized the reason why my dog didn't rush the thing, it was actually protecting it. It was protecting. It was so small, my dog's like, look, I got this thing. I'm going to help this thing. If, if anything's going to help it, it's me. Anyway, guys, long story short, and I know it's already been long, this thing was gone for seven days from the last time I spoke to you until literally an hour ago, and now it is back in its cage. We fixed the area so he can't escape. He's back in a room. My daughter's going to be disappointed seeing him in there. Um, no, she'll probably be excited, but um, so that's that's that. That's that. Patrick, the Patrick saga continues, but I got to tell you something. This is a resilient-ass hamster. This hamster's not fucking around. He's like, look, I'm getting out of here, and I'm going to survive. And, I mean, now he's really pissed. I saw him, like, crawling up the the cage looking around. I mean, this thing had like a 3,000 square foot. Imagine going from like 3,000 square feet. You got a house. Who knows what he did in the middle of the night when all of us were sleeping? He's probably like sneaking around. It was like a movie. He's like sneaking around the dog's head while the dog's sleeping. He's got, you know, he's got he's got cats laying on couches, and he's probably just like, all right, you know, it's my time. I'm gonna go find some crumbs. I'm gonna do whatever. And now he's back in this little thing. So, but anyway. Um, then the sad, crazy news is the other night, I uh, I was about to go to, um, I think I told you guys that my cat Stanley has got diabetes. Yeah, by the way, I am done with pets when all this shit is done. I love my two cats. I love my dog. Whatever. Okay? I'm not going to sit here and say I love the hamster. I do think he's a good looking hamster and he's clever. Um, but I'm not, whatever. I'm done with this shit. Okay? I'll have a cool dog maybe. That's it. No more of this. I just, you just can't do it. 
you can't do it. It's just too much responsibility and this and that. And I love these things, but like I got one that's diabetic. I'm giving them insulin shots. So my cat Stanley, and I posted this up on Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw this, okay? Um, Listen to this shit, okay? I'm about to go down to Gotham and do a spot, okay? I'm going to go run down, do Comedy Juice, which is a very popular, great show on a Tuesday night in the city. Usually like, you know, easily 150 to 200 people in the room. And it's just a great show, great lineup. And I'm about to go, and I noticed that when I was sitting on the couch with my son, we were watching something, doing something, my cat Stanley was just laying under the, not even looking for food or water, which was really weird, and he's just laying under the couch, and now I'm going, wait a minute, I hope I didn't crush him with the recliner, why is he just sitting there, but we don't see any blood, and we have to literally like flip the couch over after hours, my wife is like, how long has he been there, I was like, I think he's been there for hours, and cats normally sleep. But like this is this was getting ridiculous, and uh, all of a sudden we look and he's going into convulsions and he's just laying on his side, and we unzip the bottom and I take him out. I have to like maneuver him under these like metal fucking the whole bottom of this recliner, and I look and I realize he was not crushed. It blocks it off so an animal can be in there. Um, when you close it, his legs were fine. There was no bleeding, no trauma to him. It wasn't a physical thing. He was just acting really weird. So we put him on his on his legs and he's walking all drunk and he's walking in circles and he looks so I'm googling shit and they're saying it could be these strokes that they have and he's he's diabetic. I have to give him insulin and I've been giving him more insulin, so I don't know if he's overdosing on insulin, like they're telling me to give him more. Um, but it's bad. My kids start to get really upset. Now I'm like, man, this dude is diabetic. He's almost 15. I love this cat. I had these cats since they were seven weeks old, real brothers, because we weren't allowed to have a dog. The guy would actually let us have a dog. But his previous you know, owner, like he fought for her to have a pit bull and all the neighbors got pissed at him. And just to not make him go through any shit anymore, we're like, you know, I got my wife a cat for her birthday. Anyway, we got two cats when they were seven weeks old. Now they're 15 and a fucking dog. So, I mean, it's it's like Grand Central Station. You open one door, a cat and a dog walk in, another cat, you know, walks out. And um, I'm holding this cat, man, that I had for almost 15 years through everything, through a lot of things in my career and my marriage. Like when my wife and I started dating and when my career started moving and and this is, you know, I knew that comedy was going to be like the rest of my life and everything. And this cat's been there and he's like a dog, this cat. This cat comes to me when I call him and now he's laying there and he looks bad and he's getting like skinny and he's walking in circles. So my my wife is like, he might just need to eat his blood sugar. So he eats and he gets a little better, but something's off, man. He's not right. And I go, I think I got to take him to the animal hospital. There's an emergency animal hospital like 10 minutes from us. So I was like, I think I got to take him to it. And she's like, he might be all right. I go, I got to take him. So I call up the, I, I hit up the dude who booked me. I go, look, man, I can't make it. I got an emergency with one of my pets. I got to take him out to the hospital. And my kids are a mess crying and shit. And I'm like, man, and I don't know. I'm thinking it's, it's 50-50, man. It's 50-50 if he's going to make it. And I'm just sitting there with him and I'm like, I don't know. I go through this weird thing when something bad happens where I don't know if it's just the the type of the defense mechanism I have, the type of person I am. I don't know. But um, I I don't know. I don't know how people handle certain things. I know when I found out that my mother had stage four cancer, I just kind of logically tried to logically, it's definitely a defense mechanism, but it tried to like logically kind of, um, 
maybe picture the worst and, and see how I deal with that. Like I'll jump to the worst and then be try to weather that storm early. So if it does happen, I'm, I'm kind of mentally prepared. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, and obviously this is just a cat. It's not a family member, but like when, when bad shit happens, I kind of internalize it first and then, and then over time, you know? So I'm just going, all right, man, if I lose this guy tonight, at least I know I was giving him, you know, diabetes shots and, you know, doing everything because other people just wouldn't afford it and he would be gone. But he's still, you know, other than the diabetes, he's like his vital organs are good. He's good. He's good shape. He's just older. And um, so I take him there and they're like, all right, we got to go evaluate him now. And they take him away. And I'm like, all right, they're going to come back and tell me something. And the lady comes back and the lady's like, you know, he's got like a cone around his neck. He's got like this catheter in his fucking arm. They're giving him all. And she's like, I think he should stay here tonight. We'll stabilize him. Maybe the insulin has gone up too much. Maybe something happened. But she's like, I'll tell you this. If you didn't take him here, if you didn't take him here, he would have gone into a seizure and he probably would have died. So you probably saved his life bringing him here. And that made me feel really good. And I go, is he going to survive this? You know, and he's there right with me. And, and uh, not that he could hear and shit. Not that he's going to be like, yo, can you guys not talk about this here? <laughs> like, it's kind of fucked. That's the funny thing about animals is like, you talk about it in front of them. You know, and I'm, I'm just going like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, you know, it's like two Spanish people talking in like Spanish in front of you. Like, hey, something's going on. Like, the, obviously he doesn't know. But for me, I'm just going like, I'm just like, I looked at her and I was petting him. And I go, is he going to survive this tonight? And she goes, look, no news is good news if you don't hear from us, but I think he's going to be all right. Um, and then she hits me with, it's a thousand. It's a thousand to keep him here. And then and I go, it's a thousand, huh? And I'm like, look, I, I don't care, but like, you know, I mean, are there any other? I mean, a thousand is a thousand. You know, I want to keep, listen, for to keep him alive, I don't give a fuck. I'll pay. And then she was like, or she's like, we could stabilize him tonight. You could pick him up in the morning and then take him to his vet. And she's like, I can do that for you for like 560 And she goes, and your vet knows him better. So I'm like, all right. I mean, kind of sounds like you could have done it for 560 anyway, but all right, fine. So 560 So I don't care. So then I go to pay and they're like, yeah, uh, it's actually seven something. There's an extra. And I'm going, what? And And I was like, I was told it was this anyway. I, I pay for the cat, and um, the night before, the night I left them, they go, listen, do you want to, uh, uh, do not resuscitate, or resuscitate, and I go, what is it, I mean, this shit was like, and this is the nicest, this is the nice. this is better than humans, I mean, they got, but it, it is <clears throat> heartbreaking, there's people walking in, this guy dragged this like fucking dog that looked like it was 36 years old in, just dragged it by its fucking neck, by its leash thing was just the thing just looked like can you shoot me in the head or kill my fucking owner because this guy doesn't realize it's time for me to die i mean the guy was watery eyes i felt bad they had to put this thing almost looked like a red flyer fucking wagon i mean i'm not even shitting you dude this thing got pulled in by this thing might as well not had legs if this, this was the same thing as if this thing was being dragged with two legs amputated. I'm not even shitting you. This thing just got pulled in. This thing had more gray hair. I mean, this this thing looked, I swear to God, like in a perfect world, a doctor would have just came out with like a 38 revolver, shot the thing in the fucking head and been like, sir, that'll be this amount of money and just throw it in a bag or do whatever you do. I'm not even trying to be rude. I mean, this thing was struggling. I would be shocked. And God, I hope I'm wrong. You know, maybe they give him a shot and the thing pops back up. But this thing was 
a mess. And it is heartbreaking when you see people walk in there crying and everything. But it was like a real hospital, nice, clean. People coming, all these people coming out and talking to you and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the comedian in me, I'm just going through it in my mind. And I'm processing all the jokes that, that could happen. But at the same time, I'm worried. Um, but I go, what do you mean, the, you know, the resuscitate thing? And they, she goes, if his heart stops in the middle of the night, do you want us to bring him back? And I, I saw on the thing that in order for them to do that, it's another 400 bucks. And I, I wanted to look at her and be like, ma'am, do you think, you think I would let this, I'm, I would, let me, I, I wanted to say this to her, but obviously I wouldn't, I'm a nice guy. But in my mind, I'm thinking, ma'am, I would hop over this counter and fucking strangle you to death for my cat. Do you understand that I would kill everybody in here? Yes, for $400, of course. Now, obviously, I didn't say that. I just go, yeah, no, no, no. I said, she goes, all right, then you have to mark the yes box. And I go, yes. If his heart stops and you could bring him back, resuscitate him. This is my fucking cat since he's seven weeks old, okay? This is my, um, you know, this is this is my guy. And he's been, and out of the two cats, I'm closer with this cat. This cat and I have, I'm not even joking, man. This cat is cool as shit. If you go to my Instagram, you could see I called him over and he ran over to me. And I go, guys, he survived the night. He made it out and he just threw his head into my shoulder. Like he literally just walked up, looked at me, banged, banged his head in the side of my shoulder to be like, this is my guy. I love you. And then just like sat there with me. He's the best. And um, so he makes it through the night. I get him. We stabilize him. We, you know, he's back. We're giving him this anti, like, diabetes wet cat food. And I'm giving him insulin shots. I lowered the dose a little bit. And he's walking around and everything is good. But uh, so that was, that's what's going on with the animals. But I got to tell you, man, like, when you have pets and you have animals and you love them, um, for the first time in my life, it took this long, but for the first time in my life, I realized why people get, like, it would have felt like a big loss for the family. It would have felt like that, if that makes sense. Like, it, it would have hurt because it's just, first of all, all my kids know is him being around because they're 10 and 7 and he's about to be 15. Um, you know, and, and I want him to make it through, I want him to, I want both cats, I want him to keep going, you know, both of them are healthy, other than Stanley just has diabetes, but like, the other one is fine, and when his medicine is fine, and his like, what is it, glucose levels are, are normal, he's, he's healthy, he's fine, he just needs to, you know, and I'm not gonna not be, not pay for it. You know, I'll pay for it. I mean, listen, this cat's costing me. I mean, I could have bought a, another fucking car with what I'm, I'm you know, pet spending on my animals at the pet hospital to keep them good. But, like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to be like, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, oh, he would have survived if you were to spend $500. But since you didn't, ah, well, he was old anyway. So, do you want him cremated with his name engraved in a wooden box? Like, that's not going to happen with me. I'm going to be like, you You fucking resuscitate. I don't give a shit what you got. I'll give him a blood transfusion. Okay, I'll get this. I'll give him a fucking, you know, a liver transplant. This, this, Yo, my cat will look like Frankenstein before he dies. I don't give a fuck. Okay? We'll do paw replacements. I'll, I'll, I'll do paw pad replacements. My cat's not going out. If I have something to do with it, and my wife is like, Paul, enough is enough. And I'm like, no. You know, he's jumping. He's happy. 
You know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed they didn't sniff out this. I mean, let lets me know that they're slipping a little bit. They're almost 15. They should have sniffed out this hamster, and, and this hamster's corpse should have been in the middle of the kitchen like they do with mice. I think that I don't know if they're losing their sense of smell, but the, the hamster the hamster is either like 007 and is just that good or my cats are slipping. But my money's on the cats slipping maybe because, you know. They should have sniffed this thing out. One of them should have made him come out. The other one, unless, but here's the thing. The hamster could have waited it out and been like, look, I'll stay under the oven all day. These kids don't know. So that's that's that. Um, and I got to tell you something, man. Having him okay, my kids were like, they were worried looking at him. Why is he sleeping? Is he okay? I'm like, he's good. He went through some shit. So um, anyway, anyway. Um, guys, I got to talk about this wedding that I went to, Okay. Um, my manager's daughter, my manager, Rory Rose Garden, great guy, great guy, um, love the guy. His daughter got married at Cipriani in Manhattan, um, on 42nd street. Okay. And this wedding was so, I, I, the, ah, this wedding was so spectacular. So me and Stacy go down there and we're driving down there and we're trying to find parking by there because it says there's a parking garage near there and we couldn't find it. So of course we're like arguing about that. And but we got there, you know, we got there early and everything like that. So we, we were fine. But we end up we walk in this place and I don't know if you've ever been to Cipriani in, in Manhattan, but I mean it's like like hundred foot ceilings. Like I mean it was just you walk in and it's I mean it, it just, it never, the ceiling just, it just goes and goes and goes. And they had trees in there. They had this beautiful thing that they got married under with all of these flowers around it, this wooden, it was just like, it was just so nice. Um, and we're sitting down and we're watching this amazing, you know, just an amazing ser uh, service. And um, it was just great. It was great. The rabbi was great. The, the whole thing. The, the vows that they did, I mean, the vows that they did made me, like, they were talking and, like, they were, like, they did, you know, do you take this, you know, one to be your husband, do you take this one to be your wife, they did all that stuff, and then they were, like, and now the bride and groom have, uh, bride and groom have their vows, and I'm sitting back there, and the shit they were saying was so beautiful that I'm looking around, and me and my wife at one point almost looked at each other like, I mean, we got to get our shit together. We may need to go to marriage counseling. I mean, it was, this was like, they were like, I've loved you. I've never loved anyone like this before in my life. And you're the only person I want to spend the rest of my life with. We talk every day. No distance will keep us apart. And I'm looking around going like, I mean, I was in North Carolina. I might have texted my wife once. Like, I'm feeling like a piece of shit. Um, and my wife, I mean, it was over the top. Uh, but it was just insane. And then, I i mean, I'm not joking. You guys know I get excited about amenities. You guys know I get excited about the little things. I, I told my wife, like, I'm, I'm happy if you got nice shrimp. But if it shit goes over the top, I mean, this cocktail hour was... Top shelf fucking everything. If you wanted bourbons, if you wanted whiskeys, top, top notch. I mean, it got me so excited. I'm just starting to save. My daughter's seven. I'm just going to start saving for the wedding now because this is the only way to do it. I mean, this was a fairy tale. They had sushi everywhere. It was just anywhere you looked, there was sushi, which is my favorite thing ever. 
They had a lamb chop, I think. I swear to God, I bit it. And I actually couldn't believe what I was biting. I actually couldn't believe. I looked at my wife and I'm, I'm, I'm making noises. I'm going, oh my God. Oh my God, this is. And my wife's going, I go, please. She, you know, she doesn't eat red meat. I'm going, you got to just try it. You got to just try it. They had pastas. They had all the chicken and salads and all this stuff. And this is just a cocktail hour. This is just a cocktail hour. And they're pouring wine. And you figure hundreds of people, it's going to be some house cabaret. This cabernet was incredible. It was incredible. I was just like, this is insane. Um, oh, I got to tell the story. And I know my, my if my manager's listening to this, or if anybody's listening to this, um, they'll talk to me about it later. But I didn't panic, but this happened. So here we go. My wife, I told my wife, I go, at least there's a podcast story. I'm telling you, I got a lot of shit on this podcast. We're, st- yeah, we're going to talk about the devastation with the Yankees. There's a great story with that. Um, but so <laughs> anyway, the whole week before the wedding, my wife goes, your tux came. And I go, yeah. And she goes, can you just open it and try it on? And I go, babe, I went to Giannis's wedding. I did a speech at Giannis's wedding. This is the same company uh, that was only a few months ago. I'm pretty much the same size. I might have lost a little weight since then. It's going to fit fine. It's going to fit fine. She goes, Paul, can you do me a favor? Can you just open it and try it? I go, babe, all the measurements were identical. I'm busy. I have a crazy week. I don't try it on. I don't try it on. Now it's an ongoing joke with me and my wife. Guys, this is 100% true. And uh, I'm, I'm not kidding you. This happened. Like my life, this shit right here is a sitcom and this is real. This is not, that's why I said, I go, you know what? I can't wait to do this podcast and I got to do the podcast before the surgery because there's going to be shit on this one that people are like, oh, he's making this shit up for content. I'm not. From the hamster to the cat and the fucking ER to this, all real this week. Okay. So you're welcome for, for 421. Um, and oh, and I got an amazing heckler story for you after this. So sit back and relax, everybody. So I can't mess this up. You know, I don't want to mess this up. I'm excited to go to this wedding. You know, this is my manager's daughter's wedding. And uh, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I'm honored to be asked to, to you know, to, to do that. You know, I haven't been working with my um, manager that long. And, and the fact that, you know, he wanted me there was, was an amazing thing. So my wife goes, you try to tux, you try to tux. And I'm like, no. And then... Um, she goes, the day, the day before, she goes, please tell me you t- try the tux. And I go, nope. Guys, the day of the wedding comes. We have to be at Cipriani at 6.30 for this wedding. Have to be there at 6.30. That's when everything starts going down, okay? And at 3.30, 3.30, I open the, t- the package with the tux. <laughs> and my wife is decked out. She went to get her makeup done. She went to get her hair done. She had this beautiful black gown, her shoes, her toenails, her her nails, the whole thing, Manny Petty, the whole deal. And she's decked out to the nines, ready to, you know, paint the town red. And there's Paul, me. I'm just sitting there going, Yeah, we'll be all right. I'm we'll hop in the shower. <laughs> yeah, we'll be good. You know, trim my beard, groom my face, make sure that, you know, the head's looking good. You know, I'll be good. And I open it. 
And guys, I swear to God, there is only a jacket and pants. <laughs> There's only a jacket and pants. Okay? So now I'm going, well, I have black shoes here and maybe I could do a, a white shirt. And she, she goes, she goes, the shoes you have here are more for a suit or something very like not that formal. They will look terrible with tux pants. I'm going to figure it out. And now she's just staring at me and I'm going, oh man, I fucked up. I fucked up bad. So I'm going, there's got to be a mistake. I'm going, you know something? I'm going to call this company. I start taking it out on the company. Mind you, I'm the one that ordered it. I'm the one that went online and ordered what I needed, okay? There's no white shirt. There's no tie. There's no shoes. And there's no cufflinks. There is a jacket, a black tuxedo jacket, and black tuxedo pants. The shoes that I had, I put next to the pants, looked ridiculous, couldn't wear them. The white shirt I had was not for a tux. So I go, don't, and my wife is going, I told you this, we got to leave here in a half hour and it's a shit show and I'm living in a nightmare for a second, but I don't panic. I never panic. So I call up, I call up a tuxedo place right near our house, like 20 minutes away. And they go, oh, sorry, all we have is rentals. You got to rent the whole thing. You can't do this. He goes, but if you call Joseph A. Bank, which is not far from here, they are, they specialize in gentlemen's like formal wear and tuxedo and tuxedo rentals, but you could get everything. So I call up Joseph A. Bank. Shout out to Eric at Joseph A. Bank in Danbury, Connecticut. Okay. Cause I drove from New York there, but it was only like 20, 25 minutes. And I called him. I told him a thing. I go, yo dude, here's my situation. I got the fucking pants. I got the jacket. I go, I got nothing else. I go, I got to come in there, but here's the deal. I said, I could be there in 20 minutes, but I have to leave by 4.45 to be on time for this. And he goes, all right, come on. He goes, what size shoe? I'm like, a 10. He goes, all right, come in. I'm flying in the car. My wife is sitting there. She's just evil eyeing me. And I'm going, this has to work. What if I'm late? If there's traffic, I run into Joseph A. Bank and it starts taking a little longer than I wanted, but they get the shoes out. They get the shirt. They start matching. He goes, you want to go bow tie or regular tie? I go, dude, here's my pants and jacket. You tell me. I walked in there with tuxedo pants on and Air Max Ones and a jacket over a white undershirt. Okay. I, I looked like I just, yeah, I, I looked like I just came from a bender in Vegas and I got these brand new things on with nothing properly there. So he's like, all right, I'm going to get the shirt. Go with this shirt. We'll go press it for you. Do you have cufflinks? I'm like, no. All right, buy the shoes. So I'm buying the shoes. Now, mind you guys, and not that it matters, but the money was, I was spent hundreds of dollars. Just put it that way, hundreds of dollars. Okay? So uh, I get the shoes on. Shoes look great. He's like, oh, you need the little thing, the scarf free them. Yeah, just get that. All right, listen, you need shoehorns because that's a 100% patent leather. You'll keep these shoes forever. Keep the shoehorns in it. Shoehorns, it was like, shoehorns were over $50. Yeah, fuck it, yes. I'm just going, dude, I got to leave here in five minutes. Yes to everything you think I need. Just fuck it. I'll get dressed in the car. So I go in there. I got the shirt. I put the shirt on. I was like, I'll take the tie. I'll do the tie in the car. So now I got the white shirt on, tucked in, the jacket over it, the shoes and the pants. So now I'm good. I got. Uh, they give me the cufflinks. I got the cufflinks on, and I just run into the car. And it says we're gonna be at the place like with like five ten minutes to spare. My wife is still not happy, but you know I, I'm now. I'm like, can you make the tie for me? And blah blah blah. And she's whatever. She goes on my phone to check what happened with the original tuxedo order. And she goes, oh, yeah, I see what happened. I go, yeah, you see? 
I go, it just came with the jacket and the and the pants. She goes, yeah, do you know why? I go, no. She goes, because you didn't hit the button which said finish the look and then you have to add on all the other things, dick. And I'm going, oh. Well, you know, and I started, they should have fucking, I should have known that. You know, it said, this is the classic one. It was a fucking tuxedo with pants and, and the shirt and the bow tie and everything like that. And that's what the picture was and that's what I clicked and it was a hundred and something dollars and I thought that that's what the rental was, blah, blah, blah. And um, so now I can't even call the company to yell at them because it was my incompetence that did it. Either way, I looked great. I got everything I needed. Shout out to Eric at Joseph A. Bank. Um, back to the wedding. We are sitting there. This cocktail hour would have been enough. If, they, if the cocktail hour would have been enough, but everything. And I'm sitting at the table with comedians and there's some, you know, there's some monster, legendary comedians. I don't want to mention names and talk about personal stuff and, and stuff like that about, you know. But I could tell you this. I was sitting at a table with two of the most recognized, legendary comedians that there is. Put it that way. And it was me, my wife, and them and their wives. And um, we wanted to be respectful to the wedding. So, you know, everybody knew the Yankee game was on. But it would just be a quick check. Like, I wasn't going to sit there and... Um, but then in the ninth inning, it was like, all right, there's a, let's just see what happens. And then they hit a two-run shot. The Yankees tie it, of course. And now we're like huddled around this table. And then and then it just, luckily, five minutes later, it just went away. But, you know, you didn't want to, you know, you're at a, you're at a somebody's thing and, and everything like that. So then when it was done and the Yankees lost and it was over, whatever. But this wedding was spectacular. And I got to say, like, I mean, the speeches were great and heartfelt and like I'm sitting there and I'm just going like my daughter, I got to do this. Like my daughter, I'm a piece of shit if I don't do something like this because I mean, the the steak, they brought out filet mignon and fish for the dinner and then, and then the desserts. Each like table had like a display. Like, like you know when you're like... You know when like you're at a fancy restaurant and they come out with like a display on like racks and like you can choose and look and pick? That was just left there with like berries and shit. They had insane cookies and berries and cakes. Cakes. with It was, I'm not even joking around. I was just like, this is the most insane thing. Thank you like for having us. This is, I'm just looking around going like, all right, this is going to be, um... This is going to be what I have to do for my daughter. It was amazing. And the the heartfelt speeches and it was just insane. Everybody's in tuxedos and drinking. And I swear to God, this place was so high class. Every time they didn't let you finish your drink without still pouring it. I would have like, not even joking, like 25% of my wine left. And if, as soon as they saw that, it was like a, just an arm just came over my shoulder and just poured it. And I'm going, and now... Again, I'm like, I don't know if we're going to stay in the city. We could just drive home. And then sure enough, at like 1130, I just went to hotels tonight and got my wife. We stayed at the La Meridian in Manhattan, which was like two miles away. I was like, yeah, we're just, I'll keep the car in the garage. I'm not, we're not going anywhere. Let's turn this thing up a, a notch. And then I go up to my manager and I go, man, this is so amazing. Thank you so much for having us. This is a beautiful, insane, insane wedding. And he goes, oh, wait, it's not over. He goes, there's an after party. And I go, no, there's not. He goes, yeah, there's an after party. It's going to be in the room over there where the cocktail hour was and there's a DJ. They had a 16-piece. They had backup singers for the backup singers. I've never seen anything like it. 
I mean, they had they had eight singers. They had a male vocalist. They had a female vocalist. Then they had like four singers with them, and then behind them there were two backup singers. They had a drummer. They had a they had a sixteen piece band, just killing covers the whole night, killing it. It was beautiful. It was magnificent. It was spectacular. Any other? There's no. I don't know other what other words. It was incredible. It was incredible. And shout out to Rory's son Ryan, who did a speech for his sister Danny. That was was up like comedian funny. It was like comedian level funny, on top of being heartfelt and just killer. And he just put the effort and time in. It was awesome. I mean, there were backup singers for backup singers. I've never seen that before. <laughs> and then we go to the after party and we walk in there. Some people leave. Some people go to the after party. They went to Wisconsin. They went to they went to Wisconsin for college. So they had the 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 mascot, the hunt, the badger. They had the Wisconsin badger come in with the fucking hat on. Like the the, the mascot was there. Like they carried them in on their shoulders. I'm not even kidding. And there's a DJ, and we're doing shots, and we're still drinking. You know, like as if as if the the, the chocolate covered. Twinkies and cake wasn't enough. I've never been taken care of like this as far as food. It was insanity. And I swear to God at the after party, he goes, no, there's more food at the after party. You want to know what they were walking around trays of? Instead of the, the like the regular hors d'oeuvres at the beginning of the thing, there was, uh, there was, you should have saw the trays, the platters that the, uh, the trays and platters that the hors d'oeuvres were on were like insane. Just the beauty. Of, I'm not even, I know this sounds crazy, but this shit is, I mean, this is baller shit. And, uh, and they were going around with hot bacon, egg and cheeses. They had hot bacon, egg and cheeses wrapped up in foil, hot, like you get at a deli, but hot. They were just made. So someone's like, yeah, I'll eat that. You know, I'll eat that with you, you know, and I'll share it with you. So I'm just sharing it with this legendary comedian. We're laughing and talking. It was amazing. And uh, <laughs> and, and I'm talking comedy with these guys. And it's, you know, so cool. And then they're walking around with tater tots, french fries, which tasted like McDonald's, and grilled cheeses. And they're just walking around. Not to mention... The wine never stopped. It wasn't one of those weddings where they're like, all right, guys, listen, last call, then it's a cash bar. Okay, this wasn't a fucking Elks Club. This was, if you stayed, you drank. I mean, you could have basically just stayed until you ate and died. That's what it was. You could have just stayed there and you could have ate to death or or, or drank to death. You could have just ate till you died. It, it, it would, And they wanted you to. I mean, it was so spectacular and top-notch. I don't even know how else to, I don't even know how else to describe it. And um, and then me and my wife got in a cab all hours of the night, and we went to a hotel room. And uh, you know, I'm trying to get. I'm not gonna lie. I'll talk about it on the podcast. She won't get mad. Maybe she gets mad, but I, you know, I wanted to get lucky, right? So I'm going. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going. So we get up to the room, and uh, it was a really nice room. It was on the 28th floor. You know, huge up there. It's it great, and uh, there's no comforter on a bed, so it's just a bed. With nothing on it. And the room's done up and made. And everything is fine. And the bathroom, everything is fine. But there's just nothing on there. 
So my wife is cold, so she puts a robe on. And I'm going like, and she's looking at me kind of like, hey, I don't know, I'm, I'm tired here. What's going on? But I'm freezing. So I'm call, I am call downstairs and I'm like, yo, dude, you got to get a comforter up here now. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You better get a comforter up here now. I got no kids. My wife is up here. We just had a great time at this wedding. And, um, and it doesn't come for like 15 minutes and I see her eyes starting to close. And then finally it came. And, um, and so did I, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but we, it was, uh, anyway, it was a, uh, and I won't tell you what happened. Did she sleep or not? No, it was just a great, it was just a great time, guys. It was just, um, so shout out to Rory Rose Garden and, um, you, you could only hope, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, you could only hope to give your daughter that and have your daughter experience that. Um, it was just really, really nice. And I've been to a, a lot of amazing weddings. That's one that I will really, really never forget. It was as top notch and as beautiful and as, as good as it gets. So, um, and we were honored uh, to be there. So I don't know if Rory's going to hear this. I don't know who will hear this, but um, just know that that was, that was really um, spectacular. So, uh, there we go. There we go. And wait, didn't I say that there was another thing that I had to, oh, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, and the tuxedo almost didn't, almost didn't make it. I almost ended up in a tuxedo jacket with a white undershirt and Nikes and having to explain that when I got, I just wouldn't have went. I would no, you know what I would have done? I would have like covered my shirt, ran in and be like, oh, this is beautiful. I'm going to go to the bathroom and just avoid it and just like kept popping in every 10 minutes just so they knew that I was there if I didn't have the tux. Um, no, it was a great time. It was, it was such a great time. Um, and, uh, yeah, Yankees lost. That's a heartbreaker. At least I was at that wedding during the Yankees losing. You know what I mean? Like, if I was gonna, if I was home and just sitting there, and I just had to deal with it, the fact that it was just like a quick check on your phone, you know, and I'm like, and it was just like, look, we're at this beautiful wedding. I don't care anyway. If it's a win, great. But if not, it, it's not, you know, because. But if I was home pacing around the TV with my son, um, but it was a great week. Great shows, four shows packed, sold out the night before. Did all that stuff. And then got ready, uh, got ready for this great wedding, and um, yeah, the Giants suck. The Jets got embarrassed tonight, you know. And I said, I tweeted this. I said, you know, New York sports is in a bad way when the New York Knicks is the excitement on the horizon. Okay, when that's what you're, when that's what you're looking forward to. When you're looking forward to a 25 win season with new young Knicks. But I will tell you this: it's going to be fun to watch a young team. That hopefully a star turns, you know, out to be R.J. Barrett or one of these young guys, and they turn into a team where they need a piece or two in a couple years, and they become the team in the East. That's great. At least it's that. At least we didn't fucking give money to an old veteran that was a star. Like I know Chris Paul, we could have given him so many, you know, millions and millions of dollars in the end of his career. We didn't do that. So I like that we decided to go young. Um, you know, Kevin Durant, let them stay over there. And by the way, if you were a New York Knicks fan who decided to go to Brooklyn, it actually does say something about your weak character. If you just can't handle the adversity, you're like, no, Brooklyn's where it's at now. I'm going to be a Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is weak. 
Okay, Kevin Durant went to the team in the West that beat him and then won championships with MVP caliber players and then decided to go with another, you know, Hall of Famer to Brooklyn and pile on there. You know something? That's weak. I'll take the Knicks going with these young kids trying to develop it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um... And that's it for um, that's pretty much it for sports. I don't I did not see a movie, guys. I am going to um, oh yeah. Well, when I get back from when I get back from the surgery, so uh, oh I want to read this. This is from you guys. So uh, you know what? I'll do one. Let me do one here. I'll do one, and then I'm sorry. That's all I could really do because well, I got to get out of here soon, guys. I'm having surgery in like literally hours, and um, I wanted to make sure that you guys had this. Um, oh, here's a story for you with the heckler. That's what, that's the other thing I forgot to tell you. So I had an amazing night. I had four sets. I went to New York comedy club in the East village, packed out, standing room only packed out, sold out, had an amazing time. Then I went to their Gramercy location, packed out, standing room only had an amazing time. Then went back to the East village, packed out, amazing time doing this new set, this new city set, like 15 minutes, having a great time, killing with it, and I had a lot, of, and fans were coming out, and then my last set of the night was 11.15 at the stand. I'm rushing to get to the stand after my last set at New York. I'm supposed to be on stage at 11.15. I pull up in front of the club at 11.13, all excited, and guess what? They're 35 minutes behind. David Tell came in. Sherrod Small has to go on. Bonnie McFarlane has to go on. Then me. So it's packed out and there's this drunk guy and I'm hanging out with a buddy who wanted to meet up with me, a buddy that worked with me in Pittsburgh and he moved to New York. Shout out to Ray. And I'm just standing there and this guy's standing next to me. He's trying to go in the showroom and he looks a little drunk and there's plenty of room for him to go past me and my friend, but he's just standing there. So I go, no, 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 go ahead, dude. You got room? And he goes, okay, yeah. I go, what a dick. Why are you going to just stand there for? And, And, you know... So he goes in, and um, I guess I start, I get on stage, I get announced on stage, and I finally go up there, and uh, it was a really cool feeling, but like a lot of people in the crowd like knew me and knew who I was, and it was cool, and I saw it, like people like, oh shit, you know, and, and that feels good, like I never, you know, it took me a long time to have that, and I'm just up there, and I'm in a good mood, and I had three really good shows, and I'm going, man, I don't know, am I going to go four for four tonight? There's usually one. There's usually one where you got to be like, uh, this one might not go my way. (laughs) I'm like three for three. It's been an amazing night in sold out crowds and and everything has kind of gone, you know, gone great. And now I'm here. So I'm on stage and it starts going great and it's going great and it's going great. Having a great time. The crowd is, you know, they're definitely tired because, you know, like I said, David Tell came in and, and then Sherrod and then Bonnie. And I'm going on like towards the very, very end. I think I was last or they maybe added somebody after me that they were giving a spot to. But it was late. And I just start getting them. And everything is going good. And then I do this joke. And that same guy that was trying to get by me and acting weird, he goes, yeah, she does that too all the time. And he points to his wife. And I just stopped the show and I go, sir, what the fuck was that? I go, that was the weirdest heckle. Like, yeah, I agree with that too. And I start going in on the guy. And everyone starts laughing and he kind of just puts his head down. He's like, uh, and he's got nothing. And I go, no, seriously, like, why would you just, this guy's just stating the obvious. I'm like, yeah, I know it. I said it. 
So I'm going at him hard a little bit, and I can't even remember what I said. I kind of got into a little bit of a thing with him, his own, and I start going at the guy, right? So now it's killing. Then I go back into a joke that kills about homeless people, and then I do a callback back to him where I just go, yeah, I don't like homeless people either. And I go back to him, and then I keep going at him, and people are like, oh, my God. And now he's super embarrassed, but he's not saying anything back. And then I do my closing joke, and it goes great, and it was just an amazing time. So the host gets on stage, and the host addresses it. And the host starts going like, and I'm only saying this not to brag. I'm saying this because of what happens at the end of the story. The host goes, oh, my God, Paul Verzi just bodied you. That was ridiculous. Man, you and your wife on the ride home, that's going to be... You know, what are you going to say to your wife on the ride home after that? Like, and I'm just going like, well, and people are like, dude, you got that guy. You got that guy. You got that guy. So my buddy Brett Ernst shows up and I love Brett and Brett is, is hilarious, dude, Italian dude. And, uh, I know his last name is Ernst cause I think his, his father had German, but this is the most Italian dude you're ever going to meet in your life. You know, and um, he he was at Bananas in Jersey. He wanted to come and see me, so he meets me at the stand. We're having a good time. And this one guy and his friend go, man, I, we came from Connecticut, man, to see you. And I'm like, oh, dude, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Do you mind if we get a picture? So I'm taking pictures with some fans. Everything is good. And I'm um, like, man, it's a great night, man. Four great sets. It's, it's a great week of comedy. And, you know, new jokes are going well. And I'm just having a good time, man. I'm in my city. It was great. And who walks over but the guy, the heckler and his wife, and he's got his head down. And he almost looks like a like a like a disappointed little kid. And he goes, Hey Paul, man, I'm so sorry. I just want to let you know I'm real sorry, man. I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan of yours. And I go, Oh no, it's all good, man. And he's like, That's why, you know, I kind of said something, but I'm a little drunk. And then I start realizing that's why he was standing next to me in the hallway. Not because he was trying to be a dick to get past. He was just trying to stand there because he was a fan, but he was drunk. So then I realized, man, he was drunk in the showroom. So then his wife comes over and goes, oh my God, Paul, you're his favorite. You're literally his favorite comic. That's why. And he's got his head down and he goes, Paul, I'm so sorry, man. He goes, I'm fucked up. He goes, I'm on edibles. He goes, I'm on edibles and I was drinking a little bit, man, but like you're one of my favorites. So I just said that during the show. I hope you don't think that I was somebody that would try to ruin your show. And I go, Jesus, dude. I go, now you're making me feel bad. I go, no, dude, it's all good. You're fine. I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. And I go, oh my God, you were the guy standing next to me in the hallway and I think you're being a dick, but it was, and I didn't realize it. So I'm apologizing, but then he's just standing there with his head down. And I didn't, like, I literally patted him on the arm. I go, it's fine, dude. Come on, man. I'll see you at another show. It's great. No worries. I'm glad. Don't worry about it. That's so cool. I'm glad, you know, you figured it out. I figured it out. Whatever. He's like, all right, man. Seriously, Paul, because I wouldn't. And now in my mind, I'm like, all right, dude, now it's time to go. Now you got to go. It's getting crazy. And he's like, yeah, I would never. I go, no, dude, no worries. No worries. And I pat him on the arm again. I go, I'll see you at another show, man. For real, come out again. And then his wife just grabbed him and goes, all right, thanks. And then they left. But that made me feel like shit. But it was like, of course, I'm going to have this great moment with a heckler and destroy a guy and find out that I'm his favorite and he was there. So, <laughs> um, All right, guys, I could do one. Here we go. Cigar bar, unacceptable. I'm only doing one and then I got to do plugs and get out of here because I got surgery. Um, this is from Eric. 
Hey, Paul, uh, I worked a half day today and decided to step into a cigar bar near my office in D.C. that I won't name, but you went there the last time you were in D.C. and talked about it on the podcast. Yes, I know it well. About a minute after I walked in, a doctor wearing the white coat and everything walked in and sat beside me at the bar. This guy started smoking a cigarette and ordered a vodka straight up. I assumed that maybe he had a long day or a bad patient and was unwinding. Uh, and, uh, hey, I was drinking at 3 p.m., so who am I to judge? Over the course of the next hour, he ordered three more drinks and was <laughs> in a, pr- uh, and was a pretty good guy. But eventually he looked down at his watch and said, oh, shit, I have an appointment and closed out. I don't know what kind of doctor <laughs> this guy was, but Paul, put this old drunk lush in a cage <laughs> and lock him up. <laughs> Oh, Eric, that's a great way to end the show. Um, that is hilarious. And what are the chances of that being the last one that I read or the only one that I read literally mere hours away from me going um, under and um, getting this procedure done? Uh, that is so funny and hilarious that this guy had three vodkas straight up and he's like, all right, all right, let's get to this open heart <laughs> open hearts are hopefully he was just like a you know like a foot doctor where he can just like look at somebody's gross feet and be like all right yeah we'll just gotta fucking cut that hoof off (laughs) (laughs) oh my god anyway um that's great guys i'm gonna be out of commission for a week or so here um the uh, I know I keep telling you guys this, but it's uh, it's just because of the scheduling. But uh, yeah, man, we're the uh, su- wait till you hear this. I can give you guys this: the Super Fans Podcast intro music is Superman into Avengers, so it'll be like da 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 da. It's gonna be nuts, and me and Jerry are gonna be doing that and have a Patreon. So this will probably be the last month. I'm gonna do a couple more Patreons. I have a guest on this one. And then, guys, we got guests lined up, and it's just we're just going to take it all to another level with the Patreon. And obviously, I'm going to keep the Verzi effect normal the way it is, and have some do some live ones too. But that one is definitely coming. Um, I spoke to the guy, and I go, "Look, and we have the artwork, we have the music, and we have the studio. All that's ready. We have the producer. All that's ready. All that all that needs to happen now is sign a contract and get the first scheduled dates." So I know I told you that, but this shit just takes a. I probably should have told you that. I probably should have mentioned it maybe a month before or. Two to not assume, but I just got excited when I knew we were going to do it, but it's, it's coming. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for the, uh, uh, if you are a $3 Patreon, but we're going to take that to another level with Jerry real soon. Um, but there'll be, um, yeah, there'll, there'll be an announcement, um, for sure, but I will be guys, I will be, I made a mistake too, because of the surgery. I'm going to be doing Jersey in early November. Um, maybe eight or nine now. That needs to be confirmed. It was supposed to be one or two. I think that's going to be changed. I will be, though, in um, Atlanta. Atlanta, Hotlanta, Georgia. Where is, let me just get you guys the dates. I think I told you last time, but I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, yeah, I will be in Atlanta at the punchline on the 14th of November. Okay, I'll also be at the stand on the 6th for something for Riotcast. We're going to announce the show there. But I'll be at the Punchline in Atlanta the 14th through the 16th, and I will be at the Houston Improv in Houston, Texas on the 21st uh, to the 23rd. 
of November as well. So check out those dates. Check out paulverzi.com. There's definitely going to be more um, more dates coming. January, we already have Levity Live in West Nyack, and we already have uh, Magoobies in the Baltimore area uh, the first couple of weeks of January. So next year, uh, and then we're hopefully going to shoot the special uh, sometime, um, you know, February, March, or April of next year. So I'm excited about that. So thank you guys so much. This has been episode um, 241. I should be okay next Monday to do the next podcast after the surgery. I think they told me I might sound stuffy if I do it or whatever, um, but I may sound like I have a cold, but I think I will have the, if anything happens, I'll make an announcement where I can't, but I think I should be okay to, um, to do it. So uh, there you have it, guys. This has been episode 421. Hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys are the best, and I will talk to you guys uh, soon. Take care. Wow. Didn't even write anything down. Didn't know it. Just got to an hour. Bye.